Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, and Ryan Pay all here with you. Yes, the podcast being released on a little bit of a delay from our normal release, but that of course is, well, due to the fact that the Pistons had two games in that span, and we felt like, oh, maybe this would be the most efficient way to do it. Well, speaking of the Detroit Pistons, they're 3-4, and four, currently the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And you know what that means, boys? If the season ended today, the Pistons would be taking on the Miami Heat uh, in the first round of the NBA playoffs. This is a playoff team right now. How we doing, boys? Doing good, doing good. You know, another week. Uh, Pistons obviously coming in uh, in their last game played against the Nets off a fantastic win. But, you know, there's some stuff that's been going on. We're going to get into all that, and it's going to be another fun show as always. Yeah, happy to be here, Brendan. You know, here for a little Sunday special. So, yeah, let's, let's get, let's get going. Well, let's start with the most recent game. The Pistons pick up their third win of the season, defeating the Brooklyn Nets 113-109. to Pretty impressive, given you have no Reggie Jackson, no Blake Griffin, no Derrick Rose, no Tim Frazier, and yet Detroit goes out and, well, I mean, they kind of played a uh, you know, playoff rotation, if you will, with only seven guys getting double-digit minutes. Yet you were missing maybe three of your four best players, Aaron? Yeah, that was a great win for the Pistons. And Bruce Brown, you know, filling in at the point guard spot. Detroit kind of went with a point guard by committee look. And, uh, you know, outside of Brown, not really any other guy on the on the active roster last night that could play point guard. And Brown went in in his first real NBA minutes playing point guard. And, of course, we saw it in summer league. We got a few minutes of it in preseason. Oh, we know but, Aaron saw it in summer league. You know, and well, and that's something that I talked about I, after summer league. I said Bruce Brown is capable of playing point guard, and that's the position that Detroit should be developing him at. And yesterday he got thrown into the fire against one of the best point guards in the league and Kyrie Irving. And Brown played pretty well. I mean, he started off the game a little bit slow, uh, you know, and I think we saw that. And, I was my phone was blowing up. Whether it was Twitter, it was messages. People telling me, "Oh, I get Bruce Brown off the court. Bruce Brown sucks." Yada yada yada. But Bruce Brown ended up having a really nice game. Finished with twenty two points, seven rebounds, two steals, two rebounds. Shot forty percent from the field and had zero turnovers. And for a guy playing his first minutes in the NBA as a point guard to dish out seven assists and not turn the ball over in forty minutes while scoring twenty two points. That's pretty freaking good. You know, Bruce Brown deserves a lot of credit for the way that he played yesterday. Um, And with the story that we'll be discussing soon with the Pistons point guard spot, I mean, there's no reason to hide it. Everyone knows we're going to talk about the Reggie Jackson news about how he's going to be out for at least the next month, likely more. You know, it's good that Bruce Brown was able to step up with no Reggie Jackson, with no Derrick Rose, and with no Tim Frazier, and really hold his own against a good team, against a very good point guard, he did a very nice job, and he deserves a lot of credit, even though his season hasn't been what everyone had, had wanted so far and what everyone had been maybe expecting. Uh, Brown went in last night and played a phenomenal game, and just as he 
receive criticism. He needs to res- he needs to get the praise that he deserves after last night's performance. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was the story of the game. Of all the things that happened in that game, being down Blake, Derek, Reggie, Tim Frazier, you know, everything. Drummond's 25 and 23. Everything that happened. Bruce Brown's the story of the game. Going up against the top top two point guard in the entire world. Guy has never pl- really played a legit minutes at point guard. To have zero turnovers in 40 minutes in that game. It's fantastic. And he deserves all the praise for it. Sure, he started slow, but no, it's the story of the game. Good on Bruce Brown. That was huge. That team needed this. And it's good to see where his future lies. You know, a big story, though, from last night, of course, has to be, well, Bruce Brown not turning the ball over and the Pistons in general just taking care of the basketball. It's something that I think as the guys in the rotation get more comfortable with each other, and that really means Derrick Rowe is getting more comfortable with his teammates, then you'll see the number of turnovers go down a little bit. But it was so crucial for Detroit to protect the basketball and not give away free possessions in that game that, I mean, they had to capitalize on every possession they could if they were going to beat the Brooklyn Nets shorthanded uh, as they did. For a team that has struggled turning the basketball over this year, as much as the Pistons have, their eight against the Brooklyn Nets is astounding. Again, and that kind of piggies back off of, their point guard was a guy that's never played point guard before. And, you know, Derrick Rose has his turnover issues, and so does Andre Drummond. But, you know, with Rose out, there was a guy that, is, you know, a guy's usage wasn't on the court, and we know Rose has his turnover issues. But the, And it's not an indictment on Derrick Rose because he does so much else offensively that you have to live with those turnovers. I mean, high-usage guys do have those kind of turnovers. But... Yesterday was just a breath of fresh air offensively in that sense. It wasn't a bunch of run up the court, make a bunch of bonehead turnovers with bad passes and not paying attention. It was just steady, solid basketball outside of the second quarter where things were abysmal. The Pistons played just a very sound game offensively. They were were forced to run a little bit of tighter sets, and they, they did well in it. They did well in it, and it was very good that they were able to keep their turnovers down because that's something that they have to get better at. They Throughout the first week of the season, the amount of turnovers that they were committing, it was just unholy. They have to clean that up, and last night was hopefully a step in the right direction in that regard. You have to imagine Dwayne Casey didn't want to run the rotations as tight as he did in the Brooklyn game, but you kind of had to. No choice, really. Thon Maker and Christian Wood both played under 10 minutes. Thon getting 9, Christian Wood getting 7. Um, so that gives you the combined 16 minutes there for the backup bigs. The rest of the time, though, it was just Dre and Markeith running the show. And, I mean, it turned out to be a, a pretty good recipe for Detroit uh, in a game that, well, you didn't expect him to win shorthanded, but man, it's really nice they were able to get. The jury is still very much so out on Markeith Morris, in my opinion. Uh, just, I just don't think he plays and fits in all that well. His shooting numbers aren't anything special. 5 of 12 from the field yesterday, 0 of 2 from the three-point line. He commits turnovers, picks up technical fouls at an absurdly large rate, and, you know, is not some defensive menace by any stretch of the imagination 
uh, you know, as much as you tip your cap to that front line playing well yesterday, I think that mainly falls on Andre Drummond, who has just been so unreal this year. Uh, his numbers, his effort, his performances on a nightly basis have been nothing short of star level. 25 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 blocks, and 3 steals uh, for Drummond on Saturday night. It's his third consecutive 2020 game, his fourth of the season. There's only one other player in the league that has a 2020 game this year. He's also AD. That's Anthony Davis. Drummond, what Drummond is doing is unprecedented. No other player in the league is doing or can do on a nightly basis what Andre Drummond has done. He is cementing himself as a star in this league. Last night was just another indication of that. He shot 62.5% from the field in 30, 39 minutes. He stuffed the stat sheet in every regard. This is a guy that is powering the Pistons to wins. And and you see it. You know When Drummond's on the floor, even without Blake Griffin and Reggie Jackson, the Pistons have largely at least been competitive. But when Drummond goes off the floor and Don Maker comes in, I mean, we saw it in the second quarter against the Nets. It all just goes to hell. And that's that's just a lot about Drummond, I think. He's taken his game to another level. You know, we saw last year, Andre takes a big step. And all offseason, we said, hey, Dre's playing for money. You have to imagine he's going to play well. You really hope he could take that step. Or build upon that step. Take another one. Continue to move forward. He's been pretty darn good all seven games it's contract year dre man he that is a very real persona of his right now he is all about i saw the stat on espn he um he's the first player since kareem to put up 150 points and 125 boards through his first seven games of the season since kareem i mean that's outrageous he is playing ball right now you you have to step back and say the only reason the Pistons really are competitive is because of what he brings to the table. Right. This guy's playing like a top five player in the league right now. Not just like a top 10 or top 15, top 20 player. Like a top five player in the league right now. Sure, does he still make some of those bonehead mistakes, you know, thinking he can go coast to coast and all that stuff? Sure. But that doesn't matter. The way this guy's playing right now is outrageous. Well, I want to shift gears for a second. I think it's going to be really interesting to see the Andre haters and those that just have a perception of the Pistons and of Dre, and they'll look at a 3-4 and four record on paper and have their opinions without really watching the team and watching the way that Dre has been playing. I'm really interested to see you know, what kind of takes people will continue to give about Dre going forward. The only take that people should have is that Drummond's been outstanding. 22 points, 19 rebounds, 2.6 blocks, 2.4 assists, 1.7 steals. 61% from the floor and 64% from the free throw line. He's been outstanding. There's no other way to put it. You can't spin it in a negative light. When you look at the just you can look at just the stats. You don't even have to watch them. And, and you can you see that Drummond has been nothing short of phenomenal. I mean, we have been extremely critical of Drummond. Extremely. And we don't hide that because we always knew he had that extra Whatever it is. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, greatest player of all time like he's playing out to be right now. That's a little hyperbole, guys. I hope you picked that oh, up. Oh, I got you. Oh, I got you. But the way but we always figured he had Aaron that was step. like, yes, he's, Yo, best, yeah, he's best in the world of all time. Never after be Stanley anyone, Never be anyone better. After Stanley, of course. Um 
But <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's like, damn it. But the, I don't know. What was I even saying? I'm so far off track laughing at him and Stanley Johnson now. Well, the fact that Dre is playing, you know, so well, there's really no Right, other no, take. and we were hammering on him because we figured yeah. he had that step. He had that step, and he's taken it, not just one, but three steps, four steps. And you can't hate on him anymore. I'm sorry, you yeah. just can't. He's been efficient. That's the big thing. It's not he's yeah, it's it's not high on. usage, low shooting percentage, missing bunnies, taking up possessions, bogging down the you know, the speed of play. Those concerns are alleviating or have already been alleviated. You if you're hating on Drummond at this point, you're just a hater. That's all it is. You just you just want to hate for hate's sake. At this point, you're very much a person of this time. Right. Time era. Just hating the hate. Right. He has alleviated these concerns. He's playing much better. You, There's nothing to hate anymore. This guy's doing what we've always thought he could do. He's killing it. This is awesome. This is what they need. It's good to see Dre playing that way. And, you, you know, kind of keeping on the topic of, you know, the, the top players on this team, right? Aaron mentioned earlier Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson out for at least the next four weeks. Um, Pistons will be without him. And I don't know. I mean, are we going to see during these next four weeks maybe that the Pistons can survive without Reggie? Is this going to be the end of Reggie Jackson in Detroit uh, if D. Rose and Bruce Brown and Tim Frazier, you know, of of course when they're all playing, uh, are we going to see that maybe they can hold down the fort at the point guard position? I think we've seen that Detroit has the capability to. Derrick Rose has been playing on an all-star level this year. That's not going to hold, but he's been mighty freaking good. And what he's doing, getting to the cup, hitting the mid-range shot, teams have not been able to stop him when he goes in for that six minutes at a time and goes to work. It's not, hey, Derrick Rose, we're going to play you 12 minutes in a row and you're going to tire yourself out. It's we're playing you for six, seven minutes tops at a time. Go out there, go 200%. Then you're going to get six, seven minutes on the bench. Go back in, go 200% for another six, seven minutes. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And Derrick Rose has been phenomenal in that role. Just about 21 points per game, over six assists, shooting 56% from the field. Doesn't matter that he's only shooting 25% from the three-point line. He's not a three-point shooter. He's not taking shots from the three-point line. And, you know... This also, just to kind of pat myself on the back, even though I was wrong about Derrick Rose in general, yes, you were. I can pat myself on the back on no. saying the three-point shooting wasn't going to be there. Derrick Rose isn't a three-point shooter. He are, he's, he's talked about that already this year. He's not going to take three-pointers because it's not his style of play. But he's still come out and is getting to the cup at an exceptional rate. He's finishing. He's knocking down his shots. The turnovers are a bit worrisome. But he's still finding players. He's still building that chemistry. That's going to be expected from a guy with as high of usage as Rose has when he's on the floor. But the early returns have been phenomenal. I think Tim Frazier, you know, didn't have a great game against Chicago. Actually really struggled against the Bulls. Uh, you know, not a good game for him at all. One of seven from the field, just three points, two rebounds, two assists. He has not been great this year, but he's also being put in a really tough spot. Being asked to come in and start, Tim Frazier would probably be doing pretty okay if Blake Griffin was also on the court. But the offensive lineup that the Pistons are starting games with is bottom of the league, no doubt about it. It's different when Tim Frazier is starting with 
Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and Tony Snell and whether you know it's Luke Kennard, whoever. But when you're starting with Bruce Brown and Markeith Morris, that's just a big drop off. And 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 Frazier's being asked a little do a little bit more than it's you know he maybe he can in a different role when Blake Griffin's back. I think you know if you don't see some improvement from Frazier, then you get a little bit worried. But He's still better than Jose Calderon, as is, and, and, and that says a lot. And then Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, I mean, we just talked about him and his performance against the Nets. He showed, I can play point guard. I'm good enough to do that. I just killed it against one of the best players in the league at that position on both ends of the floor. So he's ready to play point guard, at least signs point to it. I think the Pistons are in their best spot ever uh, in terms of being able to deal with Reggie Jackson going down. And that's going to bode well for them for when Jackson comes back. But for now, they got to be able to steadfast the ship, keep playing basketball, and stay competitive, win some ball games. Uh, you know, Jackson being out does hurt this team as much as people like to think it doesn't and say it doesn't. Jackson went healthy; he's a good player. It's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. It's been a true loss to the team because when he's healthy, he's he's a good basketball player. So. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Pistons are in this spot yet again and already, but I think now that now with Derrick Rose and Bruce Brown and Tim Frazier, the, the Pistons are in a more equipped spot than ever to handle Jackson being out. That's such a key point, though, because in previous years when Reggie has gone down with injury, it's been the Pistons are in trouble. They don't have another option. Or, hey, Ish Smith, go start a point guard, and then, hey, who plays the backup? You know, you're losing really key minutes. The Pistons' ability to really just kind of make up for his loss, you know, our lack of presence, Aaron said it best, they're more equipped now than ever. Oh, they absolutely are. And for a team that's clearly still searching for a total chemistry on the court, you can see it. Outside of Drummond and Derrick Rose, a lot of guys are having trouble fully putting it all together. Because you can tell there's still not that full comfortable like comfortable feeling yet with everyone playing. But to see how they're staying afloat, because of course because of Andre and the type of games Luke puts on, but the point guard position is not just you know, shooting them in the butt, you know. They're able to withstand it, they're able to stay afloat. It's huge. Right. It's, it's the best we've seen it. Aaron says it's the best we've seen it in the Reggie Jackson era when he's not here. So what directions do the what what direction do the Pistons go? Going forward, does D Rose, you know, move into that starting spot while Reggie's out? Do you go Bruce Brown into that starting spot and keep D Rose as your backup? Do you keep Bruce Brown at the shooting guard and just let D Rose and Tim Frazier handle the point guard duties? Does this increase minute opportunities for Sviba High Luke? Uh, I mean, seriously, what direction do the Pistons go? Because you also look at the stats of Luke Kennard right now, he's balling out. And, uh, I mean, you got to wonder, where does he fall into that mix as well? I, I, I think Derrick Rose should certainly be coming off the bench still. It's just where he's going to be most comfortable, and it allows Dwayne Casey to let him finish games, which is more important than starting the game. It, it just works out best there. And Detroit should be rolling with Bruce Brown at point guard right now, at least starting-wise. He should get the opportunity first after the game he had against Brooklyn. They should be starting Bruce Brown at the point guard spot, starting Luke at the two guard, and going from there. Derrick Rose missed the Brooklyn game with a sore hamstring, uh, but it was kind of perceived that it was more of a precautionary kind of thing. And 
you know, Detroit is is said we are going to be extremely cautious with Derrick Rose. We are not going to let him run himself into the ground. If he's a little sore, he's going to get night off. They've, they they talked about it before the season began. They are planning rest nights for Derrick Rose, and it seemed like the Brooklyn game was yes, he was a little sore, but it also sounded like. If he needed to go, he could have gone, but Detroit wanted to play precautionary. Rose should be coming off the bench, doing the damage that he's done in the second unit. Brown should get the opportunity to start after his performance against Brooklyn. And, you know, if if he goes a couple games with that opportunity and doesn't, you know, play at that same level or doesn't play near that level, then I guess you got to give Tim Frazier another look and just kind of Go game by game, I guess. Go go by good gamer and bad game, you know? To me, it sounds like you're advocating for some speed minutes. I'm all, I've am i always been advocating for some speed minutes. I mean, last night uh, against Brooklyn, three points, one of four shooting. Didn't get lost defensively except on one play where Karis LeVert was able to get an open dunk. But did it look like a disaster on that end, which is you know a large part of the reason he hasn't been able to get on the floor. But I'm all for the young guys getting an opportunity. And I think that with... Uh, Reggie Jackson out and Tim Frazier out and Derrick Rose out. Those young guys got that opportunity and largely played well. I mean, Brown and, you know, Speed didn't do anything that popped off the screen, but he showed he can be out on the court at least. And, be, you know, give him a chance to build off of that, I, I think. And, I, and I'd like to see Dwayne Casey in Detroit do that. You know what's going to help, too? Blake Griffin's expected to come back in the near future. Could be as soon as versus Washington, could be later in the week, but. The reports are saying that, hey, Blake is close to a return, getting him back into the lineup. Uh, I mean, if the Pistons are able to be 500 or better, let's say he doesn't play versus Washington, if they're able to you know, come out of this 500 or better without Blake and obviously losing Reggie early on too, that's, that's pretty solid for Detroit to then gain their best player at 500. Retain your level. Do not drown. That's all they were looking to do without Blake. And if the, let's say Washington's the final game, they don't have him, Blake Griffin. They're four and four. They maintained, and that's all you can ask. Because I, I, I've, I'm very confident in this team will take a, a step with Blake Griffin coming. Hundred percent. So they just need to maintain, and they have. If they don't take a step, oh, very with Blake concerning. Griffin coming Extremely back. concerning. At the end of the day, and this was it's incredibly funny to me. Um, after the loss of the Bulls on Saturday. Half of Pistons' Twitter was calling for Detroit to tear it down. Then they go out and beat the Nets on sun, or on Saturday, and all of a sudden the world's right again. And it's just that balancing act of the Pistons needed to stay afloat. They did, but the reactions have been by a game-by-game basis. The Pistons are going to be just fine. Yeah. Blake Griffin coming back is, is a huge boost for them. He is going to open things up for them so much offensively where they have struggled. His gravity on the court, his talent, his inside-out game, his ability to score in isolation, his ball-handling ability, his you know offense-running capability, that's going to help alleviate Reggie Jackson not being on the floor. Things are really about to smoothen up for the Pistons. You're going to be able to slide Markeith Morris back to the bench. Derrick Rose is going to get another capable scorer with him in the second unit. Hopefully that allows Christian Wood to then slide up to the five. That's not going to happen, though, because Dwayne Casey is steadfast on letting Thonmaker play uh, the backup five spot. So it probably play his mean... way out of the backup five spot. <laughs> We've talked about this. He will play his but way out of it. The, the bench Him and is Th- going... Thon and Christian Wood played nearly identical minutes 
in the Brooklyn game. Thon got nine, Christian Wood got seven. But nearly the exact same amount. I'm telling you, stay patient. It will happen. It will happen. The thing is, the, the good thing for Detroit is, as much as Blake Griffin will stabilize the starting unit, that bench unit is going to get a whole lot better. Because Morris will look better in the second unit. In the first unit, he's the guy that, at the end of the shot clock, the Pistons are going to. They're, he's the guy that's getting post-ups early in the game. Like That should never be happening. But in that second unit, with Derrick Rose, Langston Galloway, who's been pretty solid this year, uh, which is kind of surprising, and, and Morris, hopefully Wood's able to work his way into that unit because he 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 just produces when he's on the court. That bench is going to look a whole lot better. Uh, and by the time the Pistons are at full strength, if that ever happens this year, you'll see the team that Ed Stefanski, Dwayne Casey put together and we're like, we want to go in with this team. We feel there's something there. For me, it's curious of how it's going to work in terms of Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard. That's already a duo that very much enjoys playing together. They already have a big-time comfortability with each other. Yeah, You can tell they love playing together, and Luke feeds off of it. So, back to your starting point guard topic real quick. Um, Derrick Rose automatically coming off the bench. He's not a starter like any, anymore. It's just what it is. He's an amazing guy off the bench, so he can finish games like Aaron said. I would put Bruce Brown as the starting one right now as well. I'd give him that opportunity. And so you have to put Luke at the two. So that means Langston Galloway, for me, would be your two in your bench with Svi at the three. How is it all going to work out? Because I still believe, and I know at the end of the game you'll see that, Luke and Derek need to be on the floor together more than they're not on the floor Yeah, together. I agree. Which makes me wonder, does Langston slide does in? Does Langston slide in? Exactly. And I would be okay with that. I think. I think. I think you have to wait until Blake Griffin comes back. Oh, absolutely, to, absolutely. To happen because Kennard's more of a creative scorer in that sense, where he needs to be out there in that that first unit right now with there not being a go to scorer. But when Blake is back, it allows you to switch it up a little bit because Blake is going to command a high usage. If you just put Galloway on the court, who's honestly been. He's been Solid fine. He's been fine. He's been fine. I have to give him credit because I've also been a critic. I love Langston Galloway, like the guy, but I've been a big critic. But he's been solid this year. I've got no problem with him right now. And I think, I, I just think it would, it would, it would, it would go okay. There'd be enough shooting in Galloway and Snell. You've seen Bruce is able to get to the cup. Things will work out okay. Where if you are are dead set on playing Kennard and Rose together as much as possible. You put those two together in the second unit with Markeith and whoever, and and you'll have a nice balance. I think that's something that needs to be looked at too. You know, if if Detroit is really liking when Kennard and Rose are on the floor together, then I think Galloway you can put in there at the two spot in the starting unit, and things will go okay. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm really not. I'm just really looking forward to the foursome of Drummond, Blake, Kennard, Rose. That yeah. lineup probably with a Tony Snell. Rounding it out is a lineup. It's, ex- that it's I am exciting. excited to see that is about to come to fruition. We are about to see this. It may take a few games to really get it going for that lineup, right. but I think once they hit on cil- all cylinders, it's going to be a, a fun is, one to watch. This is a great time, though, for it to get its first look. Washington on Monday. It really is. The Knicks 
on Wednesday. The Knicks are one and five. Washington's one and four. And then the Indiana on Friday, who's two and three, and the Pistons God, it'd be have real nice. Indiana both times. It'd be real nice to take all three from Indiana early in the season. Well, the thing is, well, the thing is, Indiana's without Victor Oladipo. Miles Turner's been out recently too, and Demonis Sabonis just mispracticed the other day. Sounds like an Indiana team that's about to beat the Pistons by 15. That's how it happens. (laughs) That's what history tells us. (laughs) That's the thing. You look at the Pistons so far, history, it's like it's just repeating itself. Oh, Detroit beats Brooklyn, who's likely going to be a playoff team. Oh, Detroit competes with Philly, has fourth quarter lead, a team that could very likely win the Eastern Conference. Oh, Detroit loses to Atlanta at home on the exciting opening night. Okay, got it. Makes sense. That's very Pistons. It's very. That's very Pistons. Pistons. That's very Detroit sports right now. So, but I mean, it's interesting. We're coming up to an interesting time. The schedule, these next three, four games, whatever it is, not the strongest. Definitely not the strongest. You've got to go. So their schedule this week uh, is Washington on Monday. Monday. Then the Knicks on Wednesday. And then. Uh, you have the Pacers as well coming up on Friday. So then they don't play again till next week. So you have three games. You have to go undefeated this week. You I have mean, to. It's not a must. No, yes, but it is. You really, I, really, really should. I'm not gonna lie, I really think it is a must. You have a day off in between games, so you're not playing a back to back. You have three really weak opponents. You're getting Blake back likely this week. It can't be a must when it's not certain that Blake Griffin's coming back and it's not certain that Derrick Rose is going to play. I don't know. I just feel like when you're playing three teams that are the the bottom of the East, it kind of has to be a must. If this is a team we really think can make the playoffs... At a minimum, two and one is a must. But I, I I'm going to stand by. I really right. think three well, and up. I think right now with three of your four best players out, three of your top four players out, it, for now at least, and that could change. You know, Rose and Griffin can come back, whatever. Then it's yeah, you should absolutely. But with them out, out still as of now, it's hard to go into the week and say you have to win them all because that's just asking a lot out of Andre Drummond, Luke Kennard, and then you're hoping the production comes from somewhere else. You know you're going to get it out of Drummond. Lucas, you're pretty certain you're going to get it out of him. But he also had a bad performance against Toronto and didn't get it going till late against Chicago. And then after that, it's, well, is Markeith going to get us 20 points? Or is Bruce Brown going to have I a know, game he had against Brooklyn? I'll be honest with you. that It still just sounds like a slew of excuses. The, it's not, though. The Knicks have been, although the Knicks have one win, They've been a scrappy team. They've played close games in the early going. Indiana is still 2-3. and three. They still have Malcolm Brogdon. They still have Sabonis, who might be uh, injured at the beginning of the week, but sounds like he's going to be around by Friday. That like, It's not. It's never an off night for for the Pistons. And when you're hurt, it, it's tough, even against the worst teams. I get it's never an off night. That still, to me, doesn't change the fact you have a favorable schedule this week. You've got to you do. find a way. You do. I'm not saying you they don't. don't. A, you don't have a back-to-back. you got to find a way. Uh, I feel strongly that they should win all three. I'll say it's a must that they need to come out of this week with more wins than losses. So two, two and one. Two and one. So Ryan's a must-go two and one. Aaron, what's a, a I must? must-go two and one. Okay. I'm not, I'm not – they should go three and oh. Very strongly feel three and oh. But I'll, if, I'll go with the must at 2-1. If they don't get it against Indiana or they don't get it against New York, then fine. But, you know, like, they're still, like, right now they're still playing without three of their four best players. 
Well, they don't have an active point guard on the roster except for maybe Bruce Brown. So it's tough. You are in a tough spot still. Yeah, I, I would expect D Rose to play versus Washington. I do whole, too. With the whole like, hey, he could have played if needed versus Brooklyn. Let's rest him. Now he gets Saturday off. He gets Sunday off. By seven o'clock Monday, Derek Rose should be good to go. I would think so. I would definitely think so. So I, I mean, two and one at least. Two and one, bare minimum. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what Detroit does throughout the week. But other than that, what's what's been another big takeaway? Is there something that what stands out the most about this team right now that maybe you're most encouraged by? What's something that's got you a little frustrated? I'll I'll just say this: it's a team that I feel like still trying to find their way. Like I've, I said, with the chemistry, with their feel for playing for it with each other, for them to be three and four and not be without without Blake Griffin, losing Reggie Jackson. Derrick Rose missing games, having to play Bruce Brown against Kyrie Irving one game and winning that game. For a team that just doesn't seem fully comfortable yet because they're without their leader, they're they're still getting to know each other on the court. They are not – they don't look terrible. Right. They're maintaining their level. For me, once they fight, get into that rhythm, Blake's back, and they get in that rhythm of what they are, I honestly, I find it encouraging. Yeah. I know 3-4 and four is not great. I'm not saying it's great. They they are a few possessions away from really being more around five and two, but it's just it's not as bad as it seems. Blow it up, it's over. Reggie's out for at least a month. It's not there at all. Right. If anything, I I'm more encouraged that hey, there is hope here. I'd like to make this statement to follow up with what Ryan said, and I made it on Twitter, but I'm going to say it here on the podcast in case you don't follow me on Twitter. If the Pistons needed to blow it up because Reggie Jackson is going to miss a month and they're not good enough to live without Reggie Jackson for a month, then they should have blown it up in the offseason and and torn it all down then and there. Because if a team is that reliant on a middling-level starting point guard that him being out for a month ends their season at at the beginning of the year, then this team had no business trying to build a winning roster because you it just was baffling to me to see the reaction once the Jackson news came out that he was out for a month. The call for blowing it up, the call for tanking, the call for trading Blake, for trading everyone, rebuilding, was nothing short of asinine. Can I just say real quick, because I do want to let you keep going, it's one thing to have the Reggie news come out and be like, okay, this could be troubling. But you have to give it a couple, a few games to be like, oh, okay. And then maybe, and then I could justify having that reaction. I still wouldn't feel that way. But at least having that re- reaction after a few games would be fine. We have to see what they are without him. You know what I mean? We have to see what can Tim Frazier do? What can Bruce Brown do? You can't just be like, oh, he's gone for a month. It's done. You have to give it a little bit of time to see what the team can do in his absence. Maybe let your star player put his foot on the court. Blake for a hasn't even seen the floor yet. Before you call the season mm-hmm. over. Your star player, your all-star, your fringe MVP candidate last year hasn't even stepped foot on the court yet. Was the se- is was the season in peril? The second Reggie went on IR the, not IR, whatever they call it being out for a month in the NBA. Sure, it's concerning and you're like, uh-oh. We're getting Blake back, but how is this going to look? Fine, that's fine. But to 
immediately go to blow it up, it's done. It, that's too much. Wasn't this the that's same just too much. team that people were praising for going out and, and preparing for Reggie Jackson to go down? That's literally what they Derek did. Derrick Rose and Tim Frazier and developing Bruce Brown at point guard in Summer League? Wasn't this like the same team that was praised for preparing for Reggie Jackson to miss games? And then Jackson goes down and it's blow it up, blow this team out of the water. There's no way that they can handle this. It's just the the recency bias, the reaction on Twitter for engagement, for whatever, just to be out there. It's like it's crazy to me. Sometimes just take a step back, think a little bit, count to ten, then maybe send your tweet. People love to freak out. People love to exaggerate, blow things out of proportion. Trust me, they love to do it. Everybody needs to chill because. Hey, if the Pistons find a way to get through this next month uh, competing at a playoff level without Reggie Jackson, that tells me, hey, we don't need him. Let's ship him if we can. You'd like to get something for him. I don't care even if it's minimal. Minimal return. Just something. But this to me shows, hey, let's see what happens. And if we survive this, then maybe it's time we move on from Reggie. I don't, I, I mean, the whole thing for me is, you, you had to give it a few games to see what we had. Right. Like Aaron said, like we've talked about, like Twitter has talked about, the Pistons put a plan in place in the offseason for this exact moment, for this exact situation. Now let's see how that plan works out. you got to give it a, game, a couple games. You have to before it's, it's just pandemonium. No doubt. no doubt. The last thing I want to put out there, is I want to reiterate, for everybody freaking out that Christian Wood's not playing, he will get his chance. His time will come. You have to relax. You have to take a step back. It kind of in the same light. I know we talked about this last week on the pod, but I just wanted to reiterate. Thonmaker is going to be given an opportunity. Every opportunity. And he's going to likely play his way out of the backup five. And when Blake Griffin comes back and there only becomes room for Thon or Christian Wood to get minutes, and instead of them being playing a combined 16 minutes with Thon getting nine and Christian Wood getting seven, be ready for Thon to get those 15 minutes for a handful of games, play his way out, and then Christian Wood will take over. It will happen. It will happen. Stay patient. Relax. It will happen. Or Don will play really well. And, and it'll be awesome. It'll be great. And we'll forget about Christian Wood. And we'll be riding the Thon train. That's not going to happen. But that could happen. Maybe. Probably not. Aaron doesn't seem too thrilled about it. No, <laughs> don't, don't, not don't, too convinced. Don't, not too convinced don't at all. Don't go to Vegas, like you know. Don't put your money down on that. So just chill. It'll we'll be happen. all right. We're, the Pistons are three and four, and they've been without a lot of their key players. With the guys, a lot of guys trying to find their way in terms of playing with each other. They're maintaining their level. It'll be all right. Blake's about to come back soon, guys. It's on the, the father of Pistons basketball is about to come back. <laughs> the return of Blake. The return of Blake. It'll, it'll be okay. The return of Blake. 
to the return of Blake. Everybody raise <laughs> <Jeez>. your glasses. <laughs> so, with that being said, everybody, the Pistons are a playoff team right now. Do not forget that. Right now, season ends today. They're headed to Miami for game one of the first round of the NBA playoffs. So, everybody chill. Enjoy this week. You should see a few Pistons wins. At least a couple. At least two. If not, we'll have a different tone if next not, week. that's a different tone. We I might not be potting next week. That will be tr- trouble. Troubling. Disastrous. Uh, just, just all the adjectives. Horrifying. Really. Just all the adjectives. All the negative adjectives. Yes, all of them. <laughs> so with that being said, before you go, don't forget like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons or on YouTube or on Facebook or on Instagram. You know the deal, right? Of course, Aaron's on Twitter at A Johnson NBA, Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at Media Brendan. Uh, so be sure to throw us a follow and let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what your thoughts are. Things we could talk about next week on the pod. We love getting that feedback from you guys and trying to incorporate that uh, into our weekly podcast segments. So the Pistons, they're a playoff team right now. Let's see what happens this week. And we look forward to talking about more Pistons basketball next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.